Success is just five dogs away. Five things that when you take inventory of and you really focus in on, you can't help but succeed at things. And what five dogs really is, is disciplines of growth success. It's just a, a nicer way of saying it, but it's more than just accomplishing a goal here and there. This is really about understanding who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and where you need to give a little more, give a little less, and maybe even focus into your true natural talents to figure out where you belong in this world so you can make a bigger impact for you, your family, your company, and everybody else around you. So that's what we're going to dig into. Why does everybody need five dogs? Coming right up. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity, and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Tell all your colleagues and friends, and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. All right, welcome back everybody to another episode of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I am so happy you tuned back in. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, tell all your friends, and have a good conversation, particularly about this one. This is why everybody needs five dogs, five disciplines of growth success. And don't write this off as some kind of program or things like that. It really does examine who you are, what you're about, and getting a true reflection of what you need to do. And even more importantly, what do you want to do? Like everything you would do has different components to it. And I've narrowed it down to five areas, five critical areas that make total sense when you think about it. And these are things I actually learned from coaching high school wrestling. And I wish, and it's not to say that Many, many years ago, and I was doing that, I had it all together and understood leadership and all those things. But these are things that I would I would have people focus on. I never kind of put them all together but back then, but now I have. And when you start really zeroing in on some of these things, because it's a fluid thing. So depending on what you're doing. So in other words, like in the role you're in right now, you may be wildly successful, but then you go to learn something new, do something different, get promoted could do a completely different career change or type of work. And all of a sudden you're kind of back to square one. And these things really help you zero in on those things. So you really, to be effective, and of course, unless you're driving an automobile, is really sit there and think, what could, where am I at with these things? Like literally get a, a, a pad and a pencil and sit down and, and write this stuff out. And if you're not in a position, like maybe you're running right now, maybe you're at the gym, maybe you're, like I said, driving a car, but find time later to go back, listen to this stuff and figure out where you're at with these things. Because there's five different disciplines of growth success that if you really start investing in each one of these, and you're going to be naturally talented at quite a few probably. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I got to do five more things. Really, you don't because everybody has natural talents. Some have it in most of these, some have it in one or two, but it really helps you narrow down what you should be doing, what you you find joy in, what you get out of bed for. This stuff can help with that. So five different areas that you can dig into. So I'm going to talk about 
each dog, if you will, each discipline of growth success, and then kind of talk about the downsides of it because each one of them has a downside if you do them wrong or lean too heavily into it, or maybe that's not your role anymore and you need to be doing something different. You need to shift gears. You know, same thing with if you're the top salesperson versus now you lead the sales team. Those are two different things when you're managing a group of people versus actually doing the work. So this, I, I know if you really, really be honest with yourself, look, this is between you and you. And that's, that's one thing I would also coach wrestlers on, you know, they get in these battles where they want to beat the other guy, like physically beat him and they need to, you know, they have to, they have to outscore them, score more points. I get all that, but it really isn't about beating that other guy. It really is about how much better can you get at what you're doing? And that's a key component. I think sometimes even in business, we get that way because we want to beat the other guy rather than just be better than who we were. And you, you want to be better than them, obviously, if you want to gain market share and, and customer share and all of those things. But it really isn't about just beating that other person. Because then it's just one game plan and it's all about, well, what does that person bring to the table? Well, that's, that's all we're going to get better than is that when it really should be, how do you get better with you? How do you grow? How do you expand? How do you become more over time as you learn and have new experiences and things like that? And if you, if you're not doing that, if you're really just zeroing in on one competitor or two competitors, well, you're only going to be as good as that. And yeah, it's important to be a little better than your competitors if you truly want to grow. But if that's all you put your goal on, you wouldn't really excel. So if you really take a reflection of yourself or your company or your department or whatever it is you're leading and really think about, man, where can I really make some investments to just be better and better and better? That's where the true victories come from. So the first dog... And again, it's related from a sports sense in, in wrestling, but you can migrate them to, to whatever it is is in your world because this doesn't even have to do with just being a better business leader. This is just being better at anything, better at whatever you're doing. If you're raising a family and you're not going to an office nine to five, all that kind of stuff. So again, get a sheet of paper, get, get something to write on, put it in your iPad, however you're going to do it. Or even if you like make notes to yourself, whatever it is, you know, voice recorder, doesn't matter. But definitely do these five. So dog number one is simply called strength. But when you think about strength, now obviously in an in a athletic sense is, you know, how much can you lift, all that. But in your case, think about how much you can do. How hard can you push? Or if you're in a leadership role, or want to be in a leadership role, it's really more about how much can you influence in others? Is this a strength of yours or a weakness of yours that you have this ability to get a lot of things done, to influence a lot of people? Because especially if you're taking over a new organization or a new department, new team, whatever, they only want to know one is strength. Like, what do you know? What can you do? And having strength to make things happen, obviously, is important. We all talk about execution. We all want things done. So I get that. But 
there's also a downside to strength because you could be the proverbial ball hog. You could be the one trying to steal the limelight. Like you don't want anybody else touching anything because only you can make these things happen. And there's, there is oodles of examples of when you have that on your team and then you remove that from your team, how other people step up to fill that void that you have created because you're a ball hog. And what you're really talking about is two things when you are overdoing it in the strength area. And if you're in leadership, we can equate this to being a micromanager and treating people like they're in the fifth grade instead of grown adults with brains and minds and ideas. But what we're really talking about here is you have a lack of trust in other people. You just don't believe anybody on this planet can do what you do. And that's a rare thing to have that kind of specialty. But the other side of that is, well, if, if that's who you are, you're probably not in leadership. And, and, and don't get mad. I mean, really think about it. If you're the one doing the thing, doing the work, and you're really not leading others, or you, or I've seen situations where uh, you know a manager led this way, and nobody could make a decision, and they were constantly waiting for this person to show up to work so they could make every decision, and everybody can go about their day. So you have this huge lack of trust, or a narcissistic attitude, like everybody look at me. Nothing happens until I walk in the room. That is not healthy. And it certainly isn't team building. And I don't think that's what you're looking for, what you want to do, even if you're just influencing team or you're the strength person, like you have the ability to move stuff or be super efficient or be very good at what you do. That's fine. But you have to be super careful here that if you're going to expand into a leadership role, then your strength is really how you take what you have and put it into other people. So number one, first dog is strength. It is important for you to be strong in what you do, but it's also more important that you make everybody else strong around you. Dog number two is conditioning, meaning how long can you keep up your execution level? So it's one thing to have strength, uh, you know, you think about somebody who had a one-off victory, even a huge victory, and that's all they ever talk about. Or the joke goes, somebody peaked in high school. You know, they were the quarterback of the team or whatever, and nothing became more of that. And then you find out 10 years later, this person that hardly ever said a peep, hardly anybody knew, is out there doing amazing things because they're, they're doing things like this. They're, they're, they're moving the ball forward. They're, they're learning from each other. So that's the kind of thing that can really um, set you apart because it's one thing to be strong, one thing to influence, but how long can you do it and keep up with it and execute at a high level and be able to just keep the, keep the music playing and keep moving the ball forward, all those things. The downside to this stuff is complacency. The longer you do anything, the more compliant it gets, robotic it gets. It, it, where's the challenges? Where's the something new? Think about the mindset of a school teacher. Like, could you lead that way? I mean, think about like your work team. If you knew every year your work team was going to change and then you're, you're doing the same material again, can you have an, a bigger impact knowing those folks are leaving? Can you have a connection? Y y there's no more um, challenge to it if, if you just, oh, same old, same old. So there's a lack of growth problem that could happen, or we get into this mode where we've always done it this way. Why innovate? Why think of anything new? So the conditioning piece, you really got to think about 
How long can I keep this up? How long can I do this? Do I need something different in my career, another challenge, uh, a whole nother direction I want to go in? But this is very critical that people realize their conditioning part and not get, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're on a hamster wheel constantly and never really seeming to go anywhere. So that's dog number two. Dog number three is technique. Now, this is different than strength. Now, obviously, you need technique, meaning you have the ability. It's an IQ factor. You, you know stuff, right? And you say, well, how can I um, be strong? How could I be with dog number one if I don't have dog number three? Well, here's the difference. You can have dog number three of technique and be smart at something and never really apply it. Like you're the guy in the corner cubicle that just answered or think like, oh, this is going back a couple of decades. But you think about Norm from Cheers or or maybe even, uh, you know, more recently, Dwight from The Office. Like they all have the so-called answer to everything, but they're not really doing anything. So you could fall into that trap. But the technique is all about that. It's all about how smart are you? What do you know about this? Can you be a subject matter expert? How do you bring efficiency into the game? You know, think about people who, wow, we pay that person a lot of money, right? Or, or you go to hire a consultant for something and they cost a lot of money and you think, man, that's pretty, uh, pretty exorbitant price for, for just some advice for an hour or two. Well, you're not paying for that hour or two. What you're paying for is all the years that they spent studying and learning and practicing and getting them to a point where they are a subject matter expert. That's what you're paying for. So in the technique thing, the technique dog, I should say, not a thing, but what, what are you constantly learning? You, know, you think about if you had an attorney to do something for you and they said, well, I, I, I went to law school 10 years ago and I don't ever review new cases. I just use the case law from then. You'd probably move on to another lawyer because they never learned anything new. So how are you bringing new things in and learning new things to keep uh, your your strength up to keep your conditioning up. So the downside here is leaders ultimately, not all, but most, I'm going to say most, they forget to train themselves. In other words, when you become a leader, there's three things you need to focus on. One is one-on-one -on -one mentoring leadership, right? The second is is the team. How, because you have individuals at different levels, so you got to do that. But then you got to bring the team together. There's team dynamics you got to do. But the third one is the one everybody does last or when they get a chance or, or never. And that's themselves to really learn things on their own. It, leadership's its own specialty, its own uh, thing to do, its own profession. So if you're not really constantly, you know, you're not reading books, you're not learning things in that regard, you're not going to be a better leader. I, I could tell if you're listening to a podcast, you're, you're already doing that kind of thing. And you're probably listening to other podcasts. And you're probably reading other books, which you should. But that's the kind of downside we always kind of forget. Because you know, then you get a lack of open-mindedness when you're using the same old, same old techniques. You... You fall into the trap of, oh, we already know what we're doing. Or if if you think too much, you, you, there's too many ideas, no clarity. So you can fall into all these traps with technique. But that third dog is technique uh, to, to make yourself smarter, make yourself better. Think of it as the IQ portion of your program. The fourth dog, and this is probably 
the most pivotal dog. And all these dogs are different. You think of different dogs. Some dogs are very strong dogs. Some dogs are very lovable dogs. Some dogs are very intelligent dogs. That's how this all stuff breaks out is there's a different mode, a different reasoning for that. And the thing is, is we're all wired differently. So we gravitate to one of these or another, and that's completely normal. And you have a God-given talent. Don't know how, where it came from or why, but when you start really tapping into that, you can figure it out. But this dog is called the dog of mindset. You know, you think of the uh, Henry Ford quote, if you think you're, you can, or you think you can't, you're, you're both right, right? It, your mind really sets the tone for what it is you're going to do, how you're going to keep going. So, you know, in the beginning of anything, you know, you think about a, a new job, you think about a new relationship, you think about a brand new project, boy, we're, we're, we're all amped up, you know, we, we can't get, can't get through it quick enough. Can't, we're so excited, all that, but what do you do when something goes wrong? What do you do when you do get to the conditioning dog and you got to do the same thing for quite a while? You know, me being the age I'm at, they kind of wonder, Hey, you know, I'm within 12, maybe at the most 15 years to retirement. And the question for me is, well, how do I want to spend my actual working years for the for that duration of time? What kind of work do I want to do? And all these things start setting in. So this is your EQ dog. What are you? You got to control what you're mentally ingesting. And this this dog, this is where you need to spend the most time when you're examining these five dogs for yourself. Is what is your mindset? So what are you ingesting? What are you? telling yourself all the time because the downside is pretty easy on this one the daily grind no matter how much you want to come in and do something or succeed or or just start this new project all this stuff it, the daily grind just wears you down and in some cases in a lot of our jobs there's there's necessary things there's compliance type things that have to happen that aren't exciting they're not very motivating, but if you don't do them, it could be very detrimental to you and your team. But you start getting into this or, or you rotate into some new department and you got a horrible new boss or that new job isn't what you thought it was going to be. And your mind really starts weighing on you as things don't go perfectly. And the, the problem the thing, if you don't remember anything else from this podcast, remember this line. Your thoughts become your behavior and your behavior become your habits. It's not the other way around. It's not, it's not oh, I'm just going to just, hey, I'm just going to do these 10 habits. It's really what's in your head. I mean, you could fake it for a little while, a little willpower, little, you know, little cards you have posted on your mirror in your bathroom or maybe in your car or whatever, put it on your phone. Yeah, you can get, you can get by a little while on that, but after a while... Your mind is so powerful and it will start governing you for you. And whatever your thoughts are, that will, whether you even realize it or not, that will start becoming your behavior on things. And then that will become your habits, your normal response to a failure or something that didn't quite work out, your normal response to somebody screaming at you, a client screaming at you, your boss screaming at you, whatever. You know, how you deal with that, your, your mindset really controls all that. So, you know, are you thinking, are you giving yourself 
mental gas stations to fill that up along the journey. So when you talk about conditioning, how long can you do it? When you talk about the dog of technique, does your mind just telling you, oh, well, this is all I'm ever going to be. This is all I'm ever going to do. Why even bother? Uh, all of that. This dog is so pivotal in everything. It controls all. This is like your, your control module on your computer. This governs everything because wherever your mind goes, your actions will follow. So this is where you want to spend the most time on, on this. And be, this, this is, be honest with yourself. How do you respond to failure? It's pretty easy to have a conversation. People respond to success. But how do you respond to failure? How do you respond to rejection? Those are the things you got to have a almost like a form letter written. Like, this is how, this is what I do. This is how I get out of it. This is how I continue to grow. Despite what's around you, despite somebody telling you you're not good enough or you're not enough or your boss, you know, the stories are still out there, even in today's age of, of mistreatment. And they tell you you're not, you're, 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 someone will just tell you you're dumb. You don't know what you're doing. You're, you're bad. All of that. How do you overcome all that? This, this dog, spend the most time on this dog and find out where your mindset is. What are you taking in? What are you, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you telling yourself? Grow from that. So dog number four, mindset, your total EQ. So we've talked about, you know, these first four dogs are all, they're all about you. And, and by extension, your team based on how well you deal with these dogs, how well you feed these dogs, how well you exercise these dogs, right? But the fifth dog brings it all together and can really elevate who you are in all of this. And that fifth dog is called community. And the first question is, well, how do you show up in a community? You have a choice of IQ, EQ, or GQ. So obviously you know about intelligence versus your your emotional strengths, but the GQ it literally does mean the magazine that and it's all about fashion and how you look. Is that all you do? You think about uh, you know social media likes you know all that kind of stuff. Do you just you GQ your way through it? I'll just try to look good somehow and think they think I know what I'm doing, but that doesn't get you very far. Now, granted, there there is a lot of room for that. Because you, you do want to look the part you're playing, be the part you're playing. Uh, I get that. But that shouldn't be your driving motivation. So you have to first understand how do you show up? Are you IQ driven, EQ driven, or GQ driven? Then you got to ask yourself, well, what communities uh, do I serve? Who are you dealing with, involved with? Doesn't even have to be where you work. It can be the zillion LinkedIn groups out there based on profession. You could join something like that. It could be something personal. Uh, I'm in a pilot group that meets once a month. There's about 60 to 70 of us that meet here in Nashville every month. It, just being in that pilot community makes me want to be a better pilot. And honestly, I am probably, uh, there's a couple students in there, but I am probably like the, 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 the least uh, experienced pilot in that entire room. And that's fine. I, I just like being in that environment. It's at it's at a building right at the airport. Like all the pilot things are there, right? So it makes me feel 
100% better than if I didn't go. It makes me feel more part of that community. So ask yourself, what communities do you serve at work, at home, uh, out in the community, if you really want that? Uh, because that's where you're going to find your connections. That's where you're going to find uh, who you are as a person. Because what you will find, how you handle these other four dogs is how you'd handle just about anything. So if you are volunteering with your church, you're probably going to act just like you would at work as far as how you lead a group of people to finish something or accomplish something or come up with ideas. Maybe you have a, a spring or fall fest and, and everybody's throwing out ideas and you got to bring it all together. And you're going to be the same kind of leader there than you would at work. But it's like, what communities are you going to be involved in? So... If you want to be loved, then you need to be lovable. Now, this isn't digging on the, the the GQ side. I'm not saying, oh, just be lovable just for the sake of being loved. But you can't expect people to want to interact with you if you aren't more concerned about other people. I mean, think about how many people you have heard that, oh, my gosh, when, when you're in a room full of people, that person makes you feel like you're the only person here. And that's what I'm talking about is being way more interested in other people than you are in you or what they need to know about you. Because here's the funny thing. It's, it's almost works in reverse. The more you spend being curious about other people, being focused on other people, the more they're going to want to know about you. And it'll just come out naturally. And that is a way better way than you walking into a room and proclaiming who you are. But rather than be totally interested in other people and they just start sprinkling in things of who you are, it makes it makes you way more interesting. Trust me. So the downsides of the community side and you're thinking, how can there be downsides? Well, I kind of hinted to one about being fake more than real, but think about not earning it. In other words, you want to be in a community, but you want to be at a higher level than you've earned. And you see a lot of people at a much higher level in whatever community but have you gone back and looked at, well, where did they start? Are you trying to compare your stage two to their stage 20? Like they've already put the work in, the years in, they've already made the connections, all that kind of stuff. Because you think I could do what they do. And you might be right about that. But have the dues been paid? Or, you know, it takes stages to get on stages. You think about people who right now can charge a speaking fee for whatever, you know, they're a consultant for a business, whether they're a motivational speaker, lives in a van down by the river, or they really are just zeroed in on something super specific, or think about all the people doing TED Talks, on and on and on. I guarantee you they started giving speeches way before that and probably for free. They probably just, let me get started somewhere, and they paid their price for it. So ask yourself, are people getting the real version of you or the Instagram version of you? Not so much GQ, but they are getting who you really are. And that hopefully is in serving others. So I really hope, I really hope because me just talking about this for a half hour doesn't help you, but for you to take the time to sit down and, and just get a notepad and get into a quiet place, go get a cup of coffee somewhere, whatever it is you do, and really look at these dogs, write them down. Number one, strength. Number two, conditioning. Number three, technique. Number four is your mindset. And number five is community. And really examine a couple of things here. One, where are you really at with these things? Do you even care about them? Do you even like them? What are your natural strengths? What do you gravitate toward? What do you need to do some work on? 
Because even if I say, well, I'm an amazing technician, I, I'm the smartest guy in the room. There's other, these other dogs, you're going to, have to do some of them to move forward on what you want to do. So you can't just ignore them. Doesn't mean it's going to be your strength. Doesn't mean it's going to be your main thing, but you still have to pay attention to it and evaluate. Does this help me or not? Do I really need to do it? All of that. But you can't be mad if you don't invest the time in one of these dogs and you're not yielding the benefits of what you should if you did put something into the, that particular discipline. So really examine it, write it down, figure out what you're good at, what your strengths are, what you want to be. All of that can really determine the kind of thing you want to do. And when you start applying this, I guarantee you, you will be way better than most of the people around you. But more importantly, like I said, when I started, this is about you being better. It's not about beating a particular person. This is about how am I a better person three months from now than I am today, six months, a year, five years. This is what will get you there. If you get five dogs, you feed them right, you train them, you exercise them and take them to the dog, the dog uh, barber and all of that, you really take care of these five dogs, then you're really just taking care of yourself. And that is when you can be super effective for everybody around you. So what did we learn today? How did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.